Mosiah chapter 3, verse 19. For the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Jesus Christ, the Lord, and becometh as a child submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to afflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. Now, being humble as a child is, well, I will just say I always saw it as, you know, do it or I'll beat you, you know, <laughs> like, you know, just do as I say, because I said so, uh, you know, so that's why I was always thinking about it the way that was written. Uh, but, you know, also to being teachable, full of love. I said, yeah, that's okay. Uh, but I also realized that uh, there is more, a lot more benefits to being humble like a child, such as you'd be able to receive love like a child, have the confidence of a child, the imagination of a child, the self-esteem of a child, the freedom from the world's cares that the child has, the ability to trust like a child does, like... It's, uh, it's, those are really amazing things and especially how to receive love like a child, because that's the whole, uh, reason of this podcast, the, my whole journey is that I didn't want to be loved. I, cause I didn't want to deal with the vulnerability and the emotional flashbacks and all the hard questions and all the pain that would come up every time I would start to experience it. Now, I've always been told I was loved. I was always told God loved me. And I, you know, I've actually been church active my whole life. Well, not active my whole life. Sorry, in my adult. Anyway, I, I grew up in the church, right? And so when I did that, I was always constantly told God loved me. I'd always try to be good enough to get God to love me. And I would always tell myself, well, God loves me right now. Or people would say God loves me right now. But it wasn't the same as actually experiencing it. Because I understand that experiencing the love of God is really changing. It's life changing. And that's why, as I come through this journey, I understand why God wanted me to feel vulnerable so we could cleanse those dark feelings, that grief out of my soul, out of my body. And that's why every time I would start to feel love or start to get close to the Spirit, I would be uncomfortable and try and use on purpose because I kept get, God kept getting closer to that point and said, okay, now it's time to feel. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course it wasn't a conscious thing. It was just an unconscious effort. Cause all of a sudden I just become crazy. I start pacing. I start getting cold sweats, stuff like that. If I don't get my fix. Right. And, uh, I realize that it's because it's like, Hey, this vulnerability of receiving love like a child is, is wrecking me, but uh, wrecking me in a good way. <laughs> so I, it is awesome to receive love like a child. Cause when I look at my own son, when, when I tell him, I love him, he believes me, he smiles, he, uh, he'll snuggle with my arm in my hand or something like that. He'll hug me back. Like he totally believes and trusts that I love him. And I love that he does that. It, it's so nice that he receives the love I give him, and it feels good. 
So when you start combining all this together, where you start trying your best to abstain from addictions, you start trying to pray more, you start trying to share your feelings more, you're doing affirmations or you're doing positive works with your mind and exercise if possible and diet if possible. You know, you're doing all these positive changes and you might last about two or three weeks before you start really getting that vulnerability spot. And here comes the time when you're going to have to make the decision to say, because this is what I experienced. You know, this is, uh, you know, when I had to make that decision to say, okay, am I just going to use when I really freak out? Or am I going to take this opportunity to actually feel and, and process stuff? Because uh, I saw every time as me fiending and going crazy for my fix, it was my opportunity to feel and process and heal more and get more uh, junk out of my soul and my body. So that way I would be free. But as this vulnerability moment starts coming up, though, uh, when I start trying to believe and start receive God's love, but all of a sudden I start getting upset because then I'm like, well, you love me? And God's like, yes, I love you. I'm like, you, you love me? But then, then why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you protect my family? I mean, it was day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, hour or even hour at a time or minutes at a time. Like, what? What? how could you just stand there and let that stuff happen to me and my family? How could you do that? And then, like, what have I done to deserve this? How am I supposed to be worth anything? Like, you say you love me, but I thought if you loved me, you would protect me. I mean, I want to protect my loved ones. I want to protect my son. I want to protect my wife. You know, I want to protect my family. And you say you love me, but you didn't even bother protect me. You just stood there and watched like you didn't even care. And these are some hard questions. And these are the questions that will cause more vulnerability because this is when you really start getting to that vulnerable moment that in that childlike inner child subconscious mind feelings that were trapped in there for for the past 30 years or 40 years however long it's been and it's really scary stuff and and one of the biggest reasons why it's so scary is that because you are vulnerable as a child at that moment but it was really neat the the way god answered my prayers to these questions such as when I said, why didn't you protect me? Uh, God said, you know, like, I wanted to protect you, son. It's not like I didn't care. It's not like I wasn't upset. I was very upset. The trauma, the trauma that happened to you and your family, it made me very upset. And I was like, you're, you were upset. Like, you, is it true that you cared? And then, I felt the spirit affirm, yes, absolutely. And then I just was like, you do care. <laughs> and then I remembered the, when Jesus is talking about the scripture about, you know, you, he, ye who offend these little ones, it's better that, you know, you would have like a stone tied around your neck and you'd be thrown into the ocean. That would be a better fate than you, than that what awaits you for hurting these little ones, you know? And so that's like, oh, and, you know, it kind of remind me of that or also even the scripture where Jesus said, when you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me, you know. So that's the other thing where I'm like, OK, that does make sense. He would be upset. the way. And uh, 
So that definitely helped me soften up a bit. But also, too, just the way that God also let me know, like, hey, you're it's not like I don't want to intervene, son. Uh, it's like just like uh, when my my only begotten was being crucified. And that's why this when my only begotten was being crucified, I really wanted to just pull the plug in this whole thing and just say, that's it. I quit. Everything's over. They, they I I quit. I quit. They're not going to do this to my only begotten. I'm going to kill them all. This is ridiculous. Uh, you know, and that's why when Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do, you know, because I even had to stop myself for a minute because I wanted to intervene so bad. And if I didn't intervene to because of the agency of man and the laws of heaven and the laws of my laws, God's laws, I can't just intervene every time when somebody wants to use their agency to do bad things. And use that as an example, son, that even my only begotten was crucified and I didn't intervene to stop it because I had to let it unfold because that's, I had, this is what I have to do with agency. And but it doesn't mean I don't love you any less, son. It doesn't mean I don't love my only begotten any less. It doesn't mean I wasn't going to make it up to him because I did. I resurrected him and glorified him. And, and, you know, it's like I took away all that pain. And now he understands and has perfect empathy for every one of my children. And that he can now go ahead and... totally empathize with everyone else. And then when I get into what have I done to deserve this? And God was like, well, you didn't deserve it, son. It's that's why they're in trouble. That's why the people who offended you are in trouble because you didn't deserve it. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to be protected. You deserve to feel safe. You deserve to have your childhood. You deserved all of that. But they were commanded to follow and they did not obey and they chose their agency to do evil instead. And you will be presented that same choice as well when you become a, a father and you're a husband. What will you do? Will you be like your, uh, would you be like the people who offended you and just carry on the pain to someone else? Or are you going to take this opportunity to uh, change and make sure your family grows up to not to experience it because if you're if, if if your abusers did that if they actually did the work they were supposed to do they wouldn't have hurt you and they would have stopped the cycle of generations of abuse it's like but what will you do son and then the other thing is how am i supposed to be worth anything and then jesus i mean and then god would tell me like you are a choice son of God. Like you are my son. You were, you have always been and always have been, and you always will be my son. And that you will always be loved and adored by me. And nothing can take that away. Another example, you look at the savior, Jesus Christ, look how he went through the garden of Gethsemane. He went through the worst abuse in the entire universe 
because not only did he experience your hardships, he had experienced everyone else's and everything else unimaginable or not even imaginable. Every horrific abuse, uh, like everything, like rape, uh, emotional abuse and physical abuse, mental abuse, like all those hardships over how, how many years and on top of all the physical ailments and on top of all of the burden of the spiritual pain, like... And then he had this so much agony. He was bleeding at every pore. And he asked me, God the Father, like three different times if he would, if I could remove the bitter cup. And as as painful as that was for me to keep having him push through the bitter cup, I did that for you. Did that for you, son. I kept pushing him through the bitter cup as much as it hurt him, as much as it hurt me. The process that I did that for you, son. And that is one way I protected you. I protected you more than just being there in person. And I protected you throughout time and space. So that even throughout this horrible stuff that's happened and the horrible stuff you've done trying to cope with it, that there would still be a way to get justice and mercy, that you could be forgiven and that the pain and the suffering would be swallowed up in Jesus Christ. And that he would take your grief. But all you have to do is just share it with him, son. and Or share it with me. So Jesus can take your grief. And But that's what you're doing right now. That's what you're doing right now. That means you're getting somewhere, son. This is great. This is great. But again, look back at the Savior and look at him. And be like, as he went through that worst horrible abuse, does that mean I loved him any less? Did that make him any less worth anything? No, he didn't never gave his value away. He never once said, God doesn't love me. He never once said, God must hate me because he left me to die like this. He never once said, I don't deserve love because all the abuse I went through. He never once said that. He never once gave his value away. He never once stayed in bitterness about his trials and his hardships. And it didn't make him any less. So he says, you son, you Mark, you don't give your value away. You take it back. You take it back. Nothing has ever taken your value away. That you have always been my son. Always been loved by the most high God throughout time and space. Even so much that I created this world for you. Even so much that I had my Savior, I mean, my only begotten Son die and suffer hell for you. Even so much that I have angels on both sides of the veil working hard and working all the time and overtime for you. Nothing can take that away. No matter what is, no matter what was done to you, no matter who says what, no matter what anyone does to you, they could never take away that value, son. You don't give it away. And if you if you question that, if you come back and you say, listen, I don't feel worth anything because of what has happened or the things I've done, and you and you and you look back and you look at the Savior. His value was never taken away or given away because he didn't give it away. But then it comes back to, well, the Savior was perfect. Like, I'm not perfect. He was. Like, no wonder why you love him so much. And then God would say again, that is why I had Jesus push through the bitter cup for your sake. Because I love you so much. Because Jesus Christ loves you so much. That 
we see you as as one of us we see you as wanting to be ex we see you as being exalted with us we see you being there be able to come relate to us and spend time with us and yes we we know you're going to make mistakes we know you're going to mess up and do things but that's why you i have given you this opportunity to repent as many times as you need to i will forgive you as many times as you repent like as, as you make an honest effort i will forgive you over and over because remember like in men in black on that top of the building sun where he would the alien was at the beginning of the movie where the alien was going to jump off the top of the building and will smith said hey hey don't hey come off the ledge we'll take care of that i think don't don't worry about it right <laughs> so like god's god's telling me that's what i'm telling you son that i am going to we're going to work this out yeah you've done some you've done some wrong we're but come 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 talk to me come work with me don't worry about the shame don't worry about the guilt that's why you're on earth and I'm in heaven right now to help keep you safe so you're not destroyed or anything. And that's why you have this safety, this safety time and this probation period to change, to repent, to work the plan so I can teach you and teach you the way how to be happy even if you make mistakes. But you never give your value away to your mistakes, son. You never give your value away to your sins that you've done. All that means is that you made some bad choices and that we're going to have to work the repentance process again. But it doesn't mean you're any less valuable. Because if it did mean that, then I wouldn't have pushed Jesus through the bitter cup. But I did push him through the bitter cup because you are worth it, son. You are worth it. Even if you never took this bitter cup and you said, you know what, I'm just going to go to hell and pay for my own sins anyway. I, I would still say it's worth it for you, son. Even if you were the only person alive, even if it was just you, I would still say it's worth it. To sacrifice my beloved son and to push him through the bitter cup like I did for your sake. For I am God. He tells me I am God that I don't see anybody more than any. I don't. I'm not a respecter of persons. I'm going to love everybody equally. So the same love and passion I give you would be the same whether you're the only person or with infinite a matter of, of people. The love of God is the greatest of all things. And I really appreciated the way God would communicate with that, with my mind and my imagination. He would coach me like that. And he would have these conversations. And I knew it was from the Spirit because of how much my mind kept being directed to my Savior, Jesus Christ, to not hold on to bitterness, no matter what bitter cup I have to go through. Because no matter what bitter cup I have to go through or anyone else on this earth has to go through, no matter how bad they claim it is, it is nothing, nothing compared to the bitter cup that Jesus had to go through. But Jesus was never gave his value away and he's always stayed the son of God. And they tried to stop it too. The Jews tried to stop him from being, from being the son of God. That's why when he was being crucified, well, that's why they tried to crucify him in the first place to say he's not the son of God. We can prove it. We'll just kill him. And then even when he was on the cross, they were saying, hey, if he is the son of God, tell him to save himself. Bring him, have God save him, bring him down from the cross. And like, yeah, so they did try to stop it. They did try to stop him from being the son of God. They did try to abuse him and hate him and mock him and spit upon him and crucify him to stop it. But they couldn't because they can't. And that's like Jesus, I mean, this 
The devil can't take away your value. He can't do it. It's impossible. All he can do is convince you to give it away to, to the devil. All he can do is convince you that you're not worth anything or convince you that to, to, to lie to you, to have you, to deceive you on your self-worth. He literally can't stop it. He literally can't take it away from you. And he will try. He will send the bullies. He will send the narcissist. He will uh, have your so-called friends who you think your friends tear you down. He will, uh, he will be your worst inner critic. He will pretend to be your inner critic and put you down over and over. He's going to still try, but he can't do it. He can't take away your value that you're a son or daughter of God loved beyond time and space of infinite worth, even so much that it was worth it for God to push Jesus through the bitter cup for your sake. Whether or not you receive and use the atonement or not, it's worth it to him just for that hope, just to give you that hope. But this is what being humble as a child has brought me. It brought me to these kind of prayers and these kind of questions and this type of vulnerability. And it changed my world. I stopped self-deprecating. I stopped cutting myself down. I stopped taking it personal when I would have my setbacks or I would do more sins. I would stop taking it personal. And I did stop taking it personal. I saw myself as important, as invaluable, as valuable, and as someone who matters which is so free to me because my whole life I always felt like I didn't matter or that my feelings didn't matter. But I know from personal experience that my feelings do matter to God. For every time I have shared my feelings, he has always addressed them and he's always done the work of a tender, loving parent to build me up or affirm me. I have one specific example that I love talking about where at some of my, at some of my recovery journey while I was trying to date this girl, and she said something pretty mean to me, saying, you're like a three-year-old. I want to date a man. And, of course, you're like, well, what kind of girl are you trying to date? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, again, I was in uh, toxication, those kind of toxic women. But at the time, I was still on my recovery journey, still doing these prayers and stuff. So, but I, I told God about it. I said, God, that really hurt what she said because there's a lot of truth to that. Because I have just done playing video games all the time. And I have just been emotionally immature my whole life. And, like, I... I don't know. It just really hurt. And then I closed my prayer. And then the next day, the thoughts come to my head, which I believe to be the spirit that said, Mark, you may act like a child sometimes, but it takes a real man to face and deal with his feelings the way you do. And I was like, yeah, in your face, God stood up for me. <laughs> On top of the fact that I share all my deepest, darkest feelings with him about the grief I've had and I was carried for inside me for so many years. Glory be to the Father and Jesus Christ's Son, for they have loved me, and they have affirmed me, and they have healed my grief, almost as if the trauma didn't happen. It's amazing.